Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 3 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all and live to tell the tale, sharing expert tips from the best of the best in the burnout and stress management fields, and sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes full of my own expertise plus actionable steps to help you end your own burnout cycle starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and need more personalized guidance, I'm here for you. In every episode, you'll find a link to book a free breakthrough burnout call. You can find it easily by heading to bit.ly forward slash call Kate or finding the link in the show notes. This free call helps us decide if one-on-one coaching is perfect for you. If it is, we'll get started. If it isn't, I might suggest one of my immediately available online courses, my book, The Bounce Back Ability Factor, or some sessions with a colleague who's better suited to exactly what you need right now. Also, if you happen to be in New York City, I'd love to see you as a patient. I'm a licensed acupuncturist with over 13 years of international experience, and right now my office is located in Midtown Manhattan. I focus on, you guessed it, burnout. I help your body build up a natural stress resilience to fight off all those pesky symptoms that come alongside burnout. You can find all the deets on that at katedonovanacupuncture.com. Hello, fried fans. I've been waiting for this episode for a while. Beth got in contact with me ages ago, and it took me quite a while to get back to her because, as you know, there is a wait list of guests trying to tell you stories and teach you things on Fried the Burnout podcast, of which I am so incredibly grateful because we do need all of this information step by step. And I think that now is a really good time as we are entering into the new year. Now is a really good time to talk about things that you can actually do to change your burnout situation. Really strong, actionable tips. So today we are going to be talking about that with a colleague of mine. And her name is Beth Griffin Russell, and she is an acupuncturist and specialist in facial renewal practices using traditional East Asian medicine. She helps people of all ages reconnect with their brilliant vitality through a variety of techniques that can be performed at home. Beth's goal is to uplift faces and spirits while building a foundation of greater preventative healthcare autonomy with knowledge that is fun and easy to share. Beth has 10 years of clinical experience and she combines her experience in shiatsu, Thai traditional massage, facial gua sha, and acupuncture to create optimal home care routines that nourish the nervous system while building a strong sense of self-worth and beauty. Beth, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I have really enjoyed your podcast and these are just like, you know, gems that I'm hanging on to right now because I can say that, you know, we can, things kind of wax and wane, right, with how things go in the realm of stress. So it's always nice to have little like places to touch base and say, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that before. Oh, yeah, I could do this thing for myself today. Yeah, it's just a reminder. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I really appreciate your work. And I'm so excited to talk about this in particular because it's been on my mind for almost a year, even before you wrote to me the first time. I was thinking about this and because it's not my specialty, it was just sort of rolling around in the back of my head. And then when you wrote to me, I was like, yes, we can talk about it. And then, you know, COVID happened. So, so hi, hi, 2020. So all of that happened. So I'm really excited to have this conversation, but if we, we usually start out with a burnout story. So if you'd like to share a story and then we'll use that as the springboard for the rest of our conversation. Yeah. So um, I was thinking there's a lot of different areas of my life in which I have experienced burnout. Um, My undergrad experience was really, really intense intellectually and to read college. And you basically write a dissertation in your undergrad experience. (laughs) So I came out of that and was looking for ways to connect to nature and bring that into my life without having to be out on a mountain all the time. And I found Chinese medicine and herbal system of system of medicine and went to school for that, which is another four years of very intense work in memorization and application. So um, at the end of that, I, I, I really, I'm a really intense student. So, you know, I, I put everything into it and really do anything except study and work and a part-time job. I had the opportunity to uh, visit 
a cabin in Montana, which um, was a place that I went to a lot in my childhood. And of course, coming out of Chinese medicine school, I was like, let's just ask nature for an answer <laughs> to what I should, you know, how I should deal with this. I had a great fear of going to clinical work, of being responsible for people mm. on such a deep level. And I, that's, that was my burnout spot. I would cycle through and cycle through um, as a student in clinic and be like, okay, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best, but still have this really deep fear of underneath everything. Like, how can I even have the, you know, guts to take, take this on? And so, you know, in, in my body, it would come out as inflammation in my skin all the time. So uh, I had a really good barometer of stress, but it wasn't pleasant <laughs> as we all. You know, so when you say that. inflammation on, on um, your skin, are you thinking eczema, acne? Oh, yeah. oh gosh, I would get eczema on my hands. Anything mm -hmm. that's related to what I was trying to do, really. I would get breakouts like on my chest, which is really about like, you know, holding emotions. And, and yeah, I would, I would have, I would be going to clinic and like, maybe I should wear a glove because my eczema is bad. And so I would, I would do all of these treatments for it, take internal herbs and, but it came down to stress and it came down to fear underneath that. And so I was at my cabin by myself, not my cabin, a whole extended family cabin. Um, and uh, I was like, well, I'm here by myself. And it was my last day by myself. And I was like, well, I'm just going to ask nature to teach me about fear. I was feeling pretty bold. I was like, okay, I, I'm confident in nature. Like I'm, you know, got a lot of experience in the wilderness. So teach me about fear. So I went wandering off um, and had a nice adventure walking around the woods and rivers. And I didn't meet any animals and nothing happened. It's like, oh, okay, like, I guess I'll go home and like, make myself dinner. And I was like, Oh, I need to coordinate communication with my family when they're coming in to meet me. Um, and there, the phone at our cabin was not working. And the only place I could get reception on my cell phone was like at the top of a ridge nearby. So I was like, okay, well it's dusk, but almost dusk. I'm just going to like run up the ridge and do that at the top of the ridge. Um, and so I, um, was up there texting silently like crouched over sitting on a rock looking at my phone <laughs> like it was super quiet and very lovely looking across the plains and then all of a sudden I could sense something and there was a um a mountain lion that came up the ridge above me it was about like 20 uh 20 yards maybe it was actually maybe even close to that 10 yards um and so I didn't realize there were mountain lions there. Um, they had recently moved into the valley and it was seriously the first time I was ever like, okay, I have to like physically prevent myself from like screaming in panic or something. So that physical reaction was so strong because it was just look, it didn't look, it didn't see me. It, it meowed across the plains. It went meow and I could see its teeth in profile. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, I didn't even think about that like in my mind kind of silly thing I did that morning um, about asking about fear. But anyway, it was there. And so what, um, how I responded was all of my training from wilderness is like, okay, I'm going to have to make, try to make first contact and I'm going to have to, you know, bring every bit of vitality I have in my body <laughs> to be visually conveyed to that animal. Um, and so I was like, luckily I had like a bright red outfit on for some reason. <laughs> and then, um, I had like a walking stick and like a, um, a metal canister with water in it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like stick the metal canister in the back of my neck to cover it. <laughs> I'm going to stand up with my walking stick and like become really big. I'm going to become, I had to like gather my courage to like, just really become confident, super confident. And so I was like, okay, I just got to stand up and, and they don't see me. I'm going to announce my presence. And I stood up and looked at the mountain lion and it kind of like crouched over and looked at me like, with just really curious. I was like, okay, I have to walk. <laughs> and I like had to walk, but um, in order to like marshal my energy 
and, you know, I had to talk to it. Um, and I ended up like singing some Russian folk songs <laughs> that I had listened to <laughs> because they're like, they're the most like deep and powerful, like calming yet, like, you know, motivating songs that I had on the tip of my mind at the moment. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to start like humming and like singing these and being loud, but not aggressive. And so I started walking down and then I disappeared under a little hummock in the ridge and I was like, oh no. And then when I looked back, it was really crouched down and it was looking at me and I was just like, it's time to go. <laughs> I gotta go. And so I just kept walking and I had to use everything I had to walk slowly and confidently and keep my posture upright. And it really helped to release tension to sing and talk. And, you know, and then I went down the hill into a shadowy forest and I was like, okay, I got to like, keep going. I don't know what's going to happen. And to let go of everything, just be like, okay, I'm just going to walk down. Luckily nothing happened. And I had a glass of wine afterwards. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> but thinking about this when, um, you know, a lot of my work in facial uh, rejuvenation comes back to the neck, comes back to the shoulders and the Taiyang channel. So this is, um, this is, the the thing I thought about was how vulnerable we are in the back of our neck, right? That's such a deeply seated place of protection. Um, and I was, what was I doing when I was sitting there? Just like, I was totally exposed. Like my neck was totally exposed. I was just hunched over. And that's what we're doing every day in front of our computers. We're stimulating that sense of contraction and hiding almost like physically that's what we're doing it was I was thinking about this and this was like the perfect kind of counter action to all the fear and I was having and contracting my energy and and just trying to hide from the responsibilities that I was facing next and so it was just it's like yeah that's what I, I just have to do it you know like feel that confidence and power and so it was such a good reminder to breathe and have that full breath, like not just a partial breath. Like in order to really gather all of your energy, you have to take those deep breaths, even if you're not running. It's just being fully present and ready to act, you know. So I think I've gotten a lot of that taught me so much physically and mentally about dealing with fear and my history and, and my family is kind of around fear and not feeling seen or heard and that type of thing, being fearful to show emotions or myself. And so it was really kind of connected a lot of things together. And I, in my acupuncture practice, you know, didn't necessarily apply that to patients directly until I was like, ah, like once I started really focusing in on one area of the body of the face and neck and shoulders, that's so tied into the deep, deep mechanisms in our nervous system. I was like, okay, it all connects and makes sense. We need to be able to loosen up and relax that part of our body um, in order to show this whole front part of our body confidently. And if you look at, you know, I have the past decade of patient intake forms and when I, you can see when I started focusing on burnout three or four years ago, about, I would have to look at it to know the numbers, but I, it's over 90% of all people that are answering questions are ticking off neck and shoulder tension. Wow. Yeah. Over 90%. That's huge. Yeah. Like almost everybody, when I don't see it, my first thought is, oh, they're just not aware that they have it. Yeah, totally. It's not even, I'm it's not even so deep. It's invisible. It. Yeah. 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 That invisible tension too is the hardest in some ways. Yeah. It's yeah. so wild. It's such mm -hmm. a major, major burnout symptom, this neck and shoulder tension. And I think what is uh, uncommon knowledge that we have because of Chinese medicine and because of the nervous system and because of all of this is that that level of tension like you're saying, first of all, it blocks you from like sort of projecting that 
full confidence and full vitality outward. And the other thing is it interrupts our brain's ability to interpret our our environment as safe, right? So our nervous system's job, one of our nervous system's jobs is to take signals and clues from our environment, internal, external environment, and let the brain know whether or not we need to be in fight or flight or whether we need to be in, you know, rest and digest in parasympathetic regeneration healing mode. And when you are in this constant sort of neck and shoulder tension, your the message that your brain is getting is stay in fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's so many feedback systems um, from the muscles, from the skin. The skin is a nervous system organ too. So it's the muscles of the face actually it's not like other muscles of your body where they're connected from like a bone to a bone. They're connected from your bones to your skin. So um, it's even more, you know, it's, there's more neural feedback that's happening. And uh, of course, when we're young, we learn mimicking to reflect our environment around us and to learn how to feel the emotions that other people are feeling. We, mimic the expression and then we see how that feels right and so um so we can actually use that in a positive way to say okay if our faces have been um, overusing certain patterns of expression associated with how we're feeling which might be not great the danger is that the tissue surrounding them can basically start to serve as like a little cage that traps them in that configuration so that's like the, what you might have heard of fascia. The muscles are surrounded by this tissue that is really smart and it wants to be efficient. So if you're constantly in a certain position posturally or expression, it will reinforce that and it'll say, I'm going to take a load off the muscles and just, I'll do more work. You know, I'm going to set this pattern in and hold it there. So muscles don't have to constantly hold this partial contraction state. They can hold it, but they don't have to ex- exert as much energy. So when it comes to the face, that's, that's like the facial expressions that stick. And then they really do become difficult to change for two reasons, a physical reason and a mental reason. So we can help the physical and then that will help the mental also. Um, so it's a feedback. So uh, for everybody listening out there, you know, your favorite Botox lines, the ones that come right between your eyebrows, like that's what we're talking about right now. <laughs> Those fixed expressions. That's one of the things we're talking about right now. Another thing that we're talking about right now. Yeah. The 11s, right. The, another thing we're talking about right now is especially over the course of 2020, I've seen this in my practice go up massively is TMJ jaw dysfunction, jaw tightness, clenching teeth. The amount of stress that the world has been under has been massive. And I think also just putting the mask on and people are moving their mouths in ways that they haven't moved them before because they're trying to move the mask <laughs> out of the way. And, you know, exactly. We're, we're all like, sort of, <laughs> we're, we're shifting under there. Like we're making funny faces. We're shifting yeah. under there. And I've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of, um, of jaw and like frontal neck tension. Most of the time when people are saying that they have neck tension, they're pointing to the back but of the now, neck. And now we're seeing a lot more of it on the front and mm-hmm. the sides be- just because of masks. Mm-hmm. And not because masks are doing anything to our faces, but because we're unaccustomed to having them on. So we're doing weird <laughs> and even things like underneath holding them. your head in weird positions too. Um, yeah, it's a combination of the masks and the Zoom calls, where you know, where yeah. to be attentive. You know, you might be in a totally different position than if you would be attentive in the person. And the masks are a huge deal because they're stimulating the connective tissue around your ear, which is. Um, a really, it's, it's such a point of connection. This is why ear massage is so helpful for relaxing your whole head and neck. But yeah, coming back to, we need to open up the, the connective tissue, the fascia around the muscles to even allow them to get back into that contraction relaxation pattern, which acts like a blood pump and it pumps blood through your tissues. So what happens when you're more and more tight, contracted, 
we lose blood flow, we lose fluid flow, and that's really the only way we can nourish our face. You know, you can put as many creams on outside to moisturize it, but if you don't have nourishment coming in from underneath, it just looks very dry. So, and then you can't heal the other, you know, inflammation that happens. Then what we do, we're relaxing those tissues and muscles. Then it frees your expression to be able to do those positive expression uh, movements so much more easily that once you can do that more easily, uh, you can provide that positive feedback system. There's so many points of the face and head uh, that are connective areas for basically other parts of your body will come up through the connective tissue and connect at like the corner of your head or the front of your face. So tension in your arm can actually show up in your head too. Even tension in the back of your calf muscle can show up in your jaw. So there's a lot of ways that the body's connected and we are on the whole moving less. Our whole bodies are more tight. We're not getting body work or as much exercise. And so going right to the source though of, you know, kind of a problem. We're looking at our own faces all day or, or trying to avoid it. And, um, and so there's a lot of frustration around that. And people are getting facelifts and cosmetic procedures like, like they never have before. Um, those offices are really booked out. So we're looking for solutions. We're criticizing our faces and, and it's part of a negative feedback cycle of criticism, tension, demanding so much from ourselves at this time. And so what I, and there's a nice group of people of acupuncturists and holistic estheticians and also massage therapists, they're looking into like neuromodulation of the skin, that type of thing. We're working to support that moving from a critical kind of injury-based skincare and looking at the face from this, like, what can I cut or inject or, you know, can I like peel off my face and then like start fresh? You know, like when you think about it, it's like a lot of really intense stuff people are willing to do to their face that, you know, taken out of context, it sounds kind of intense, but it becomes super normalized because it's within this culture of, well, I, you know, what else can I do? I, I can't do anything for my face. I need somebody else to like stick something into it, you know? Well, which, which needles are helpful, but yeah. so, <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Little needles, not huge injections. Yeah. <laughs> so what totally. you were saying in the very beginning was that when you're looking, you started looking at this stuff more and more. And what you started realizing was like, we're, if, if we're looking to make some changes in the face, like you really, we need to be starting at the neck and shoulders. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so I started working on facial stuff, not from a cosmetic view. I never really thought I would go into cosmetic stuff because I was like, oh, that's silly. That's like proofy. I don't, you know, want to reinforce those kind of negative patterns of like caring so much about the image. But now that was also partially me being idealistic in my 20s. <laughs> I was like, you know, there's realism who said it. And I was like, this is a real important thing. The face is really important. And then also I started doing Thai herbal compress massage uh, as part of my Thai massage training that I, I just love the smell. Like a lot of ginger and lemongrass is involved in the herbal compresses. And it's basically, it's a little ball. Um, looks like this. And you soak it and steam it. And then you use it to press on the body. So for everybody who doesn't have video right now, um, I will be putting links up so that you can see this, but it does, it's just like a, a little herb pack that looks like the, it, like a, the top of a chef's hat <laughs> and then a little white ball underneath, but it's all made of the same material. The little white ball is full of herbs. And then the little like chef's hat is kind of where it, what you would use as a, you use it as a handle. Yes. 
when yeah. you are doing the massage. So mm-hmm. you use this thing and you warm it up and you warm it up for two reasons, right? You warm it up to activate the herbs in the poultice. Mm-hmm. And then you also warm it up because obviously that feels nice yes. and re- increases the blood flow and feels good on your muscles. Exactly. Yeah. Because I love the scent. I love the aromatherapy, but I, I don't like using a lot of essential oils because they can be overused. Um, I love using whole herbs to provide a scent. And uh, when you steam these, it smells amazing. So that's relaxing. And then it's easy to incorporate into an acupuncture treatment. So people would be resting, um, relaxing with acupuncture needles in. And then I would do some work around the neck or shoulders or jaw mainly because TMJ. And there would be a whole separate layer of relaxation happening when you're touching so much, like so much of the surface of the skin. That's different than when you're just doing acupuncture, which is also incredibly relaxing. So you're actually getting a double whammy of like two slightly different feedback systems in the nervous system. And when I was doing the work on the neck and shoulders um, and the jaw, I could see their expressions opening up and I could see like their forehead relaxing. I could see their eyes become sparklier. You know, I could see all of this great change happening. And one of the people that I learned this from, uh, that I learned the, the herbal compress massage from, I learned it for the body. And then I learned a special technique just for doing on the face and neck. And even though I'd been in Thailand before and I um, had, had experienced a lot of the facial massage points, they're actually incorporated into a lot of different things. Like if you get a pedicure, they'll do some massage on your arms and like your head and hit a couple points on your face and you're like, whoa, this is amazing. Um, we don't touch faces and heads that much in, in American uh, styles of massage usually. So I learned about this technique that was just for lifting the face and encouraging blood flow in the face. But I, I didn't want to use it just cosmetically because I was like, ah, I don't want to just be a cosmetic person. And so I just incorporated it into every single treatment I could. <laughs> I just was like, oh, could I do this for this person? And, um, and I treated everything from post-concussion syndrome to um, you know, autoimmune problems to people with uh, migraines from Lyme disease and, you know, all of this stuff. And it was basically, you know, it's a branch treatment. It's something just to help relieve symptoms. While a lot of acupuncture and herbs can work on the deeper underlying physiological processes. But the more I worked with it, I was like, well, in the nervous system, feedback is is so powerful um, that I was like, I think this can be a standalone treatment. And then I learned facial gua sha and that has even more ways to manipulate the muscles and the fascia on um, acupressure points. So there's people out there that are like facial what? Exactly. <laughs> facial gua sha. So um, this is something that has been rolling around uh, like Instagram world for a while now, uh, which I love. So gua sha is something that is used on the, on the body to use a stone or metal or horn, some type of like flat tool that has. We learned in school to use miso soup spoons. You can use soup spoons that are, yeah. I mean, you can use anything that is clean. <laughs> and I joke that you that doesn't break uh, break off or injure your skin. I was joking you could actually use a spork for this part, <laughs> but uh, to get some extra texture in there. But anyway, so gua sha is used. It's a unidirectional. It's pushing the surface of the skin in one direction, scraping across the surface of the skin as if you're scratching an itch, but it's more uh, generally lubricated in some way. Um, So you're not just irritating the very surface of the skin, you're getting a little bit deeper and you're creating, it's it's basically a friction technique um, to help blood rise to the surface of the skin. All right, so for everybody listening, I'm gonna break that down into regular people words yeah (laughs) (laughs) because we get caught up our Chinese medicine brains stay in Chinese medicine world so basically gua sha is a type of massage basically that uses a tool and the tool has a sort of soft rounded edge for the most part they come in jade they come in all sorts of different stones and rocks and all sorts of things I literally learned in school to use you know those like really wide spoons that they use to serve miso in Japanese restaurants I use to to use 
to, um, I learned in school to use that for gua sha. And you put some oil on the skin that you're going to be you know, treating. And we learn in Chinese medicine school, I'm sure they teach facial gua sha now, but when I was in school a thousand years ago, it was all body-based. So we do gua sha for like really old injuries that are not healing, that ha- that are having a hard time sort of coming to the surface. We'll get in there and you rub down the muscle with whatever t- the tool is you're using over oil on the skin. And it brings up usually when you're not working on the face, it brings up something that we call sha. And it looks a little bit like bruising, but it's not exactly bruising. There's a particular word for it. It starts with a P. It's science. You don't care. <laughs> yeah. You don't care. It doesn't matter. But it does help the the body heal. And when you do it on the face, you also use some sort of oil or something. And they do have specialized tools now that are shaped in particular ways to make them especially useful for your face. And you tend to use pressure that's a lot less than you'd use on the body because we're not looking to create petitiae, no, right? We're not we looking to create, on the face. <laughs> we don't want redness on the face. We're not looking yeah. to create that. So it's a little bit of a different technique, but yeah. it is something the poles, the poultices are amazing and, and gua sha is also amazing and for different reasons, but both of these things can be used to calm the nervous system, which is the most important part of the conversation for all of my burnt out folk out there. And these are things that you can do at home. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it might look like, you know, just taking a stone and you'll see people just like pressing it on their face. But when you're doing that in a certain pattern and you're doing that uh, over maybe five minutes, you can create a pattern of uh, stimulation to your nervous system that is incredibly soothing and it works really quickly. This is something that, um, you know, the herbal compresses are great because your body just accepts them. Like they're warm, they're fragrant. You don't have to think at all about it. It's not like when you're getting a massage and you're like, yeah, like make it hurt a little bit. You know, it doesn't ever hurt. It's just like, it just feels better. And so that, again, is also a benefit for people who are burned out. You don't even have the energy to resist in a good way, the massage. So herbal compresses can just be a complete soothing. I don't have to think about anything. My body doesn't have to react. It's the same thing with acupressure points. So um, they're not stimulating these deep muscles that have tension. They're going in between the muscles where your nerves are. The nerves come out in between these little holes in the bone and the muscle. So um, like even just like this point on the face here, here's an example of a rose quartz tool that somebody might use for gua sha and you can use it for acupressure too. So you can, there's basically a point right on the front of your face (laughs) where actually a lot of sinus inflammation can happen. There's a point where you can, if you press hard enough, you can really actually feel a nerve. And so it's easy to access and people will basically just sit here and relax and do tiny little circles on that one point where there's a point on the temple. You can do that. Coming back to the neck, we need to be able to relax the neck. And it's really hard to do that through anything you can do at home with common things we think about. Like you can put on... You can put on a hot pack that might help, you know, soothe it a little bit, but it's not going to change the stuff that's happening around the muscles. The best thing I have found for neck tension is gua sha or using a, a roller or the herbal compress because that helps at the level of the connective tissue that the cage for your muscles, <laughs> basically, and it opens the cage and it helps to provide also the fluid flow through that area. Also, the neck as a center of regulation of your blood pressure and your nervous system, uh, it's it's a pathway between like your brain and all of your abdominal organs. There's a connection using the vagus nerve. You might have heard of the polyvagal theory, but the nerve is a little bit more accessible in front of this muscle that comes down the side of the neck. So you mentioned side of the neck tension and this is really huge. So there's a big muscle. It covers up your major arteries going to your head <laughs> and your, your veins coming out of your head and tied up in that area. It's a very important nerve. When that muscle gets really tight, it can clamp down and it can even prevent 
blood flow to the head. So there's literally ways to, it's not just when you're working on the tension in your neck, you're not just releasing the blood flow to improve facial beauty. You're literally helping yourself be smarter (laughs) and more focused. And this is also one of the ways that we um, that we can work on. You guys have heard me talk about this a million times because I talk about it almost every week. When burnout, the front of your brain has shrunk, you've lost neurons. And in order to in- encourage neural growth, there needs to be increased blood supply and a sense of safety. Those are the two things that we need. And this is exactly what we're saying right now. So while I don't have a study in front of me right now that says that using this pull, like the, the using the herbal poultice or, or using the gua sha tool is definitely going to help your neurons regrow. My suspicion is such that these are the tools and techniques that bring our body into such a state that allows our neurons to regrow. I know that acupuncture does it. There's a million studies on that. Like we can, we could talk about that all day. We, we over and over over again. And it's the same studies and the same points every time. And of course, I'm going to say this for Beth, not for you, not for everyone, because you won't know what I'm saying, but stomach 20, stomach 36 is always the point. (laughs) And they're like, and cerebral serotonin is higher and your neurons are regenerating. It's like the most basic thing ever. And we can do it so easily, but if we can do that and there's some things that you can do at home. So if somebody is like listening to us and they're like, yeah, this all sounds great, like lovely, but I don't have those things at home right now. Like what can I do right, right now? Yeah. You can always use your knuckles too. You don't have to use a special tool. Like you said, if you have a ceramic soup spoon, you can also use that. Um, but so what, um, what we can do to start with really. And I don't know how much I should demonstrate. Most of it's going to be in podcast form, so they won't see the video anyway. Yeah. So, so if you make an online appointment with somebody to like go through some techniques um, that are specialized for you, um, you can benefit from, if you're working with a Chinese medicine specialist, there's many overlapping layers of diagnosis and treatment that can then um, basically converge into an acupressure routine or a way to use your own hands to um, massage and stimulate your neck and shoulders, or we might mail out to you a couple of tools and then show you how to use them. Um, And it's really fun because I think a, a lot of the times in American culture, we love gear, like we love stuff to like you know, manipulate and, um, and use like, not like our, our own hands are kind of boring, right? So, so we want like a focal point to focus our attention and then say, okay, I can use, this is going to be the thing that I'm going to use to like help my neck relax. Because it's almost like, it's like reminding ourselves to breathe. Like, yeah, we all know we need to breathe more or like have a better breathing pattern, but, um, but we need an app to help us with that. You know, really like that's how we're going to change a pattern. We really need to tie it to something. And so, so I found for some people, herbal compresses are really wonderful because of the sensory component and the scent and then the warmth. And other people are like, I can't be bothered to heat it. I want like a tool that I can use. So I would either give them a roller or a gua sha tool and teach them in detail how to use it. There are a lot of tutorials online. There's more and more really good ones. There's a lot that are not so good um, or might actually give you the wrong information. (laughs) So I I always recommend going to somebody who is a traditional East Asian medicine provider who has been trained in that full system of diagnosis and treatment. Um, using a traditional medicine because these are parts of systems of medicine that can to to use fully. It is actually a consultation. At the same time, they have been used in families for generations as a deeply ingrained part of many cultures of Southeast Asia and China and other parts of Asia, where grandparents may teach their grandchildren how to do a technique on them to you know help with their arthritis or whatever and so it's it's a really nice way you can actually teach people in your family but in order to retain that full cultural context of the medicine i i find that it's it's important to have somebody trained in that system of medicine uh, to learn from directly um 
but yeah, you can, you can use just your, your fingers and knuckles to do a lot of great facial massage. So if you were going to choose like one area that people could use right now, because they're listening and they're like, well, now I, now I want to do it immediately because you're talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, is, is there one that we could describe easily without a picture? Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking actually one of my favorite ones is actually just basically wiping your forehead. So if you, you look at your thumb and then you follow your thumb down to where it connects with your wrist, there is this large flat area between the base of your thumb and your wrist. And basically you're going to use that to, if you take your right hand, go to the left side of your forehead and just swipe it across like you're wiping off sweat. <laughs> And then let it go out to the side. And then do the other side. You're just alternating sides. You're, you're using your left base of your thumb and start at the right forehead and just wipe across your forehead. It actually feels really and good. just do that. Yeah, just alternate that. Just takes a few times. It's like it's like a little mental squeegee, really. It's like, <laughs> like reset. I like mental squeegee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, and it reminds me, you know, you kind of start working on the eyebrows too because we all, you know, we focus so much and we use those muscles so much. You can also just actually pinch gently, pinch your eyebrows between your forefinger and thumb. And some people might feel that that's really tender and other people might be like, oh, I don't feel anything. So I want to to talk through that one. It's nice and slow. So what you did was you took your forefinger and thumb to like where your third eye goes, like in the middle of your eyebrows, your thumb is underneath the bridge, right? And your yeah. index finger is above the hair and yeah. you're just doing like one little pinch and then moving outwards towards the outside of your eyes, mm-hmm. right? Slowly along the eyebrows, Yeah. right? Yeah. So you're not pulling right. at all. You're, um, you're holding your fingers against yeah. the skin and then literally just bringing them together in like the meat of mm. the eyebrow. And then you move over to the side without dragging the skin, just replace yeah. them and gently press in, squeeze together, replace them a little further out and pinch them together, replace them. And then you can even, you can kind of do that. You've got, <laughs> if you get a fat enough scalp, a little, 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 extra, <laughs> little extra skin in the temples, <laughs> little, <laughs> You know, that fat in your scalp is going to pay off as you age because, wait, that's the other thing. We want to keep fat in our faces, a lot of it, a lot of it, you know, as much as we can. That's the hardest thing to replace. That's why people get fat injections into their face. <laughs> the main thing is I warn people that with things like gua sha and even facial rolling, you can overdo it. That's the only, that's the, that's one thing that people get on a kick of saying, I'm going to do this every day. Then they're just using a lot of pressure on their face because they want to massage their muscle. Um, when really we need to access the, the lightness of the movement across the skin that will have a better impact. And if we're doing too much hard massage on the face, it can impact the fat pads a little bit. Sort of like burning out on face massage. You hear that everybody? More isn't always more. My burnt out folks, more isn't always more. (laughs) Beth is telling us to do less. Do less, do less. You only need to do like a gua sha routine, like maybe once a week Mm. or once every other week, and then can really use it as a reset. And then during the day, you, once you do that face massage and neck massage, you can learn, oh, these are the points that often get tight. And then you can just use your fingers to treat that throughout the day. Or that's information that you bring to your acupuncturist and say, you know, like I've done this a few times now, every single time I notice that this place is stuck and this place hurts more. And then we can fix it for you because that's what we do. Exactly. And we'll say, oh, that's tied to this other problem. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's really, really fun. Um, and so another interesting component is not only will doing this massage on yourself help create those kind of positive um endorphins like you get from acupuncture you know we're stimulating these acupressure points and um it's it's feeding your brain like with happy molecules then on top of that you're 
like retraining your face. You're, you're provide, it's like cross training. Like you're, you're, you are retraining your um, muscles to become more resilient. So when we're treating those connections between your bone and muscle and like very gently on the surface of the skin, every time you do that, you're reminding your face of its preset configuration, which is like when you're a baby and we, we, we all know, you know, we, we want to be respected and not have like baby face, <laughs> but that is kind of an ideal. We want that, like, which is called in uh, Chinese medicine, peach uh, luck. Chinese culture, peach luck. Yeah. It's charm, charisma, and beauty together. So we want to have that, that full vitality showing and not just like these like super angular contours with no kind of padding or plumpness plumpness around them. Yeah. So, um, so that's part of what you're stimulating in this too, with this. And it's the same thing. I imagine that at, so science talk, I think of that as like, you know, the myelin sheath, (laughs) you know, it's like you're feeding the buffer of support around your nerves, around your nervous system. So while I don't take this as a linear pathway to feeling better immediately, it's adding one layer of like a buffer against feeling like, you know, overwhelmed or super critical. Um, you know, you're providing a, a little avenue through which you can ideally, you know, look at yourself and connect with the, the beneficial, like the great things your face and neck are doing and how they're looking and like, look at, you know, the brightness in your eyes and and how your expressions can change and then you know using that as one aspect of helping to remind yourself like i have the confidence and i have this like self that needs to be shown and i can do that in a more relaxed and full way when i can relax my neck and shoulders and I can provide that feedback to my face. And then a lot of the work I do too is a scalp. So it's incred- an, another incredibly easy thing to do to stimulate n- not just facial beauty, but also relaxing your neck and stimulating your brain is just a really vigorous scalp massage. And some people will use um, a tool to do that. Like I really love using a stone tool to like scrape into the hairline. And you're basically, it's like instead of, brushing your hair and thinking about your hair the whole time, you're brushing the skin on your scalp. (laughs) So it really is like, okay, I'm going to, I often like think of like baking. I'm trying to like imagine like, (laughs) it's almost like if you're like, okay, you're like frying an egg, right? (laughs) And you're like getting a spatula and you're like scraping it off. underneath. That's a really funny example considering I talk about replacing your pans if you're burnt out and your eggs are being stuck. Yes, but it is getting in there. I often teach my patients um, and coaching clients to massage the crown of happiness points, right? Because it's so important for just overall well-being. So you guys, there's there are points that are called the crown of happiness points and it doesn't matter exactly where they are. They all sit like a little tiny bit into the hairline um, around the forehead and exactly where they are is not super important at the moment. But I teach people to just sort of take their fingernails and push back from their forehead into their scalp about an inch. And you just Perfect. just go back and get that activated. It clears your head. It increases blood flow. It improves your mood. It's a simple thing that you can do anytime, anywhere. It's free. It's no problem. But Beth, your website, on your website, what I noticed today was that you do, you're all online right now. So your office is not open, correct? Yeah. So you are all online right now. And what you're doing is teaching people, you're doing a full intake and then you're teaching people a routine that you're designing specifically for them. Yes, yes. Yeah, so this has been really, really fun to dig into, you know, what is going to work for each person at home with their own routine. So it's, um, you know, in a clinical space, you can say, okay, I'm going to provide this optimal environment for healing. And, and you'll get just soak it up and like really, you know, just heal immediately upon entering the clinic, you know, but then at home, it's like, there's a lot of stressors around, you can't like fully, it's hard to fully relax. So how do we like help create that? How do we not only create the routine using the tools that you're drawn to or that might work best for your complaints and skin, but then also 
looking at creating little touch touch points of a routine. So what can we do for like two minutes in the morning that's tied into something you're already doing? What can you do as a break during the middle of the day that's like revitalizing? And what can you do to help you wind down at night that's that's going to not only be soothing for your nervous system, but then also if you want to add in more facial rejuvenation, that's great. If you want to work on your feet, doing like I can, I've got a lot of different stuff people can do with the ab- abdomen and feet. I kind of go head, abdomen, feet. Like that's like my three main areas I love to work with. Um, and so, and there's just like so much nervous system like richness in each one of those areas. What I really enjoy doing is basically creating kind of like a menu of stuff you can do at home. So I'm not just like, well, here's the thing. And like, now we're done. It's kind of more of like a dialogue, like what's working for you and how can we make it feel natural throughout your day? So we can take away some of that like uh, decision fatigue a little bit. (laughs) I love that. That's an amazing offer, especially for what we're all going through in 2020, 2021. So I'm so grateful that that is something that you've created. I will be sending people your way. I'm so grateful for your time, for being here today. And if you have you know, a message that you'd like us to finish on, then now would be a good time. I, I would say that's great. I love that. Okay. Gentleness. Be gentle. Be gentle on your face. Um, Be gentle with your gaze and how you're looking at yourself. And that will permeate everything and will help you accept that that kind of that softness that is needed as a counteraction of when we're feeling so hard with a go, go, go kind of like mentality. Think of how you would caress a loved one's face very softly, gently, and think of yourself in that light too. Love that. So fried fans, soft and gentle, please. All of Beth's information will be in the show notes. As per usual, you will find them at friedtheburnoutpodcast.com. If you found this episode helpful, what we want you to do is share it with everyone you know and love because I don't know anybody who doesn't need at least one more tool in their toolbox for self care. It's extremely important right now. And I'm talking about self-care on a deep, deep, deep level. And I think that that's an important thing to share at the moment. So if you got value in this, I want you to challenge you to send it to at least two friends so that they can get as much out of it as you did. And if you love the show, also please always subscribe and review and all of that fun stuff because it helps us reach new ears and help more people. And last but not least, send lots of gratitude to our guests this week. Thank you, Beth, for being here. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. All right. And fried fans, I'll talk to you next week. Ha 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 